We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Okay, Lori, I have a confession to make today. Oh, I like when podcasts start with confessions. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, my confession today is that I'm a plantaholic. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what's come over me, but this year, I don't know if because of staying at home so much and looking at my space and realizing the lack of green. Yes. And it's kind of in fashion right now to have so much live plants. I, in your home decor, I have bought so many plants. I actually cannot stop buying plants to the point I just bought another plant and even Jay was like, Rhonda, like... We can't, it's starting to look like, like where a jungle. Are you gonna, where are you going to put it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, there are too many plants and they're flourishing. So the problem is you buy a plant. It's so cute, but now they're all really growing. Okay, so uh, does it take you a long time to water your plants? It takes me forever. <laughs> I feel like every day I'm watering plants. Oh my goodness. I know there's probably a better system. I need to have like one or two days a week I do this. Okay, but okay. Now they're all in different Oh, rhythms. oh my goodness. So you have to keep track of that? So you know which plants you've I just watered. walk around early in the morning and put my finger in all the plants, see how dry they are. Wow. I know. I need oh, to that's like... That's a big commitment. It is. I Like anyone listening is probably going to send me like a note. <laughs> I need to actually get onto this cycle of like kind of watering maybe a certain ones twice a week and one, you know, the other ones yeah, once yeah, a week. Yeah. But I've picked, to be really honest, really low maintenance plants because okay. I'm okay. not... Yeah. I don't have a real great green thumb, but... No. None of them are dying. Good job. Yeah. Good job. And how about you? You're loving plants too. I am. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I don't know if you remember this, but did your mom have a lot of plants growing up? Not really. Okay. My mom did. So I don't know if you remember our front living room room that we never went in. Do you remember that living room off to the side and had that big bay window? Yes. And my mom had this like, like a couple tables there. And I mean, it was like plant central. Like it was, I don't know. I think that was very popular back then to put plants near the window and you'd have tons of different kinds all different varieties and they were all close together big small draping ones all kinds and she'd have plants around the house as well but this was like our jungle room and I just remember her having a lot of plants and then for some reason plants became I don't know like less I don't know they just Mm -hmm. weren't people were buying fake plants do you remember when we used to have fake plants in our house oh like growing up we had a lot that was big in the 90s big trees like fake trees and twinkle lights in them in the corner yeah, <laughs> that so. was the '90s though. The '90s, that was super yes. big. Yeah. Do you remember swags though? How ugly were swags? Listen, I. But they're back. They're back, <laughs> and like y- dried flower yeah. swags. Yeah, they're back. I remember when I got married. One of my shower gifts was a navy blue burgundy and eucalyptus swag. Was it and just beautiful? Oh, I thought like I. I had the house of the magazine with and that swag. And did you put up. it like uh, up near the roof, like over like a, a doorpost or something? Like yeah, was it, it was over my kitchen. Like we had like kind of like a peekaboo kitchen with like a wall and it was over that. Oh, like now when I think about it, it was so <laughs> ugly, but they're back. Even when I see them, I'm like, I can't even, I but know. you know what? I have to say, I will say I'm never doing that. And I end up doing it. This was like the other, this is completely off track for a minute, but I said when skinny jeans go out, I'm never ever not wearing skinny jeans. I love skinny jeans. 
I just bought my first pair of mom jeans. I can't wow. believe it. Wow. You saw me in them yes. and you're like, you, I'm like, I know. But even about a month ago, I was like, I am not doing that. So I may end up with a swag at some point. You I don't know. Rocked, you rocked the mom <laughs> jeans. You <laughs> did. You were in the baggy jeans. I'm wearing the baggy jeans. Yeah. I, I can't fully embrace the whole look that's in right now, but the baggy jean. You're like, okay, this yeah, is okay. The right baggy jean. It's got to, yeah, it's got to work. I definitely but am working on getting a pair of bell bottom jeans. Like I want the full oh. leg bells. I love that look. And I was so sad when that went out. Like I the flare, like a flare, not a flare, like at the bottom, but like the full bell, the full <gasps> leg bell all the way oh. down. I love that. I love that. But I haven't been able to find any that like fit and okay. work for my body yet. But I love that. But the full baggy jean, I don't know. I know. I don't find that very flattering. It's really not. It's actually so not for the flattering. body. Do you no. know what I mean? No, seriously. I was trying them on. And I was saying to my girls, like, I look frumpy. Oh my gosh! And the girls both said to me, "Mom, stop saying that word. That's actually the cool look." And so they got me. I have an outfit I'm going to be wearing to church at some point, but it's a really oversized vest. Wow. So, okay, this is like a sweater vest with like a. Uh, you know how much I love Oxford yeah. shirts. I've always worn yeah. polo shirt. Other my favorite. With that underneath and like the tail stick out with a baggy jean. I'm like, <laughs> wow. So I come out and they're both like, even the sales girls were like, oh my goodness, that's like the best look. And I was like, what? I look like I'm 500 pounds. Like it's just, there's no shape. No. You literally from just shoulder to, <laughs> to the floor. I'm one level. Just baggy. Just baggy. Baggy all the way down. <laughs> oh my and gosh, it, eh? But you know what? I'm saying not to say like swags. I, I'm now wearing, you know, the look. Who knows? I'll end up with swags. swags I've now got plants. So I don't know. Something's <laughs> happening. This is like, it started with the plants. Now it's moving oh. to like the baggy jeans. I think swags might be next. Wow. And even those crochet. Yeah. Those are back to even yes. plant holders with the. Yes. The plant hold. <laughs> I know. I know. So listen, like Laura, we're just yes. embracing it. Who knows oh where our gosh. houses will go, but all that to ah, say hilarious, fun. but plants, yeah. it's been an interesting thing because I, my mom, we had gardens outside, but we really never grew up with a lot of plants inside. And my dad actually has a real good green thumb, but we never really had them inside. So I've been kind of learning as I've been going, thank goodness for all the apps. You know, you take a picture and then you're like, what's wrong with my plant? And the app tells you. So anyway, but I had this one plant and it was like one of those plants that it's almost impossible to kill. Okay. Really? It's Kay. really hard. Perfect. That's yeah. my kind too. I do not have a green thumb. No. I tried to grow some vegetables in my backyard, like in some pots <laughs> last year. And like, no, no, it was so much work and I got hardly any fruit. And I was like, oh no. I know. I'll just go to the market. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> Navin market done. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I had this one plant. I moved it because of our Christmas tree, moved it into the dining room. I just noticed it was getting really droopy. The leaves were changing and I was like, what is wrong? This is supposed to be like the most resilient plant. It could go anywhere. And so I real I was researching it and I realized where I had it. And I know <laughs> anyone would know this that knows plants, but I wasn't even thinking. But it ha this plant in particular is super resilient, but it needs crazy, crazy sunlight. It's probably the only plant I have that is really resilient, but it needs bright, direct sun. And for some reason, I did read that every my other plants don't need that. They just need sunshine, but not direct. So I move this plant within a week. It's like crazy, like come to life. 
and as well the new growth it was saying like i didn't realize but the darker green i was like oh it looks like really dark green is doing well that's actually it's dying it's supposed to be like lime green <laughs> i wouldn't have known that so now all the shoots are like lime lime green and it's just coming and it's growing so fast i probably have to move it again it, like it's growing too fast where it is i have to find a new spot but let's just say it just got me thinking about in our own lives you know where we are planted not even necessarily the soil but sometimes just in the season or the situation where we're planted really there can be such a lack of flourishing and all of a sudden we just get moved into the right spot and we flourish and we can look and think what's wrong with me like i'm doing all these things why am i not flourishing we could just be in the wrong spot and i just started thinking about the scripture how many times it talks about roots talks about abiding it talks about trees talks about all of these things i thought root and seed yeah how incredibly powerful god uses the analogy of just plants and like trees exactly seeds how the analogy is so powerful in our spiritual life and so i was just thinking about this one plant in my house and all of a sudden i moved it and it's flourishing and thinking about seasons of my life that how sometimes i equated my value or my health based on where based on myself versus I just wasn't in the right spot. I wasn't in the right position in the sense of what really was attributing to maybe gift set or even just in my own spiritual health, but in the wrong place, you know, spiritually, emotionally, giftedness, whatever it may be, you yeah. fill in the blank. So environment, the environment, environment exactly. matters so much. No, that's really interesting. That's really interesting because, you know, if you kind of go over the course of your life, just think back to different seasons of your life where you, you've been flourishing in some seasons and in other seasons, like not as much. And think about the environment, you know, what contributed to that flourishing. It is a really, really interesting thing to reflect on. Because again, like even in our walks and in our faith, we can be in an environment where, you know, maybe we're giving into certain attitudes, maybe we're giving into even some sin habits in our life or different things like that, even in terms of our mm. the environment, if we thought mm. of our heart as sort of the cultivation place, mm -hmm. you know, and we allow these things into our environment, it can really, really affect our flourishing. So it's not just that, but sometimes it is also like physical things, right? It could mm. be the change of a relationship. Maybe we have you know, uh, just an unhealthy relationship in our life that's actually like really stopping us from flourishing. Or maybe it's even in work. Maybe mm -hmm. it's even in our in our livelihood and in our work. So it, there can be so many different ways that this example um, can affect us. But I think it's really, really profound to think about. Can you think about a time in your life where like you have been flourishing and like what was around that? Whereas and contrast that with a time that you haven't been like, do you have an example of that? Oh, for sure. You know, I think back really only seven years ago, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. But when I, when Jay was going through cancer, I was before that definitely flourishing in worship, loved leading worship, loved being in ministry, worshiping my life, like my life. But there were things inside of me that I, you know, and I think this is what's really interesting because even when I think back to this plant, it lasted for a while, fine, in the corner. Right. It didn't happen right away. Like the plant okay. was pretty resilient. It other plants right. might have it, it, wilted. It wasn't, it wasn't dead. No, and it lasted for a while. And even while it was wilting, it was still growing, just really slow and not doing well. Right. But I think back, like before Jay's cancer hit, when I think about that season, I wasn't healthy, and I wasn't flourishing. Everything was affecting me. I felt like everything was kind of dying around me. 
But actually, when I think back, it wasn't that season. It kind of hit at that season, but I can trace it back probably about three years before that, where my heart started to shift with some resentfulness, with some just undealt emotional business with God, Mm. with just my own life, with just baggage I'd kind of carried along and never dealt with. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, Jay hits cancer and you think, oh, this is why I'm not flourishing. Actually, no, I kind of was in a non-flourishing season for a while, but it manifested itself during that time. Right. And it was like the tipping point. That was a tipping point. And so I think in that season, God allowed me to see and then brought me beautifully back into the light. Thank you, Jesus. Through that season, I made some really big decisions in my life in the cancer season that actually could have been, it could have been anything that God brought me through, but he brought me into this drought place to really force me to make a change. And it kind of was like that plant. It got to the point where I was like, this is really unhealthy now. It's either going to die or I've got to move it. And I think I chose to move. I chose to allow God to actually pick my life up and to completely reorganize inside. And I had to let go of a lot of things. I had to let go of where I was heading, what my dreams were at that time, what my ambitions were. But actually, I was dead. I was actually dead inside. And things had started dying probably for the three years prior to that, like significantly started pivoting to a different way of living, a different way of thinking, a different way. And God had to really allow me to come to almost like that crossover. It's either like you choose life or death. Like this is kind of, it's been a three-year journey, but if you don't make changes now, it's going to be really hard and there's going to be a death that will happen, like a really significant. Now a death had to happen because death is surrendering. We are all called, you know, to die to ourselves, to lay down our cross. Like it's not I who live, but Christ. There is a laying down, a death of flesh, a death of things that we think our way to come and follow God. That That is what it's called. We can't live in two different ways. We can't go down a broad road and a narrow road. <laughs> You've got to choose, choose life or death, choose a narrow, choose the broad. God's always showing us you know, light or dark. It's kingdom of God, kingdom of darkness. It's not a middle ground anywhere, but we can live in a season where we're almost pivoting, but then the road becomes where we can't, we have to choose. And I think that's when I think about that plant, actually really funny enough, that plant survived for a while in the darkness. It survived. It kind of had enough nutrients that it kind of sustained, but then it got to a point where those nutrients were depleted and it was dying and it was evident on the outside. And I think when I, that those seven, that seven years ago, that really tough year was really where the nutrients were depleted. And God was like, this is it. If you let me, I'm going to flourish you. But if you don't, you're going to die, but you have a choice. And like my plant didn't cause I actually picked it up and moved it. But actually that happened in my life. And thank God that I surrendered because I feel like these past seven years have been a flourishing. It was a process, a coming out of something, but a flourishing. And so if I were to say the most recent would be that in a context of something that big would be for myself. So, wow, that's, I I feel like we're having a bit of an awakening moment here Mm. as we talk about this, because like, you know, even in what you just described, a death had to happen on either side of that choice. Hmm. A death was going Hmm. to happen on either side of that choice, whether it was going to be a spiritual death or whether it was going to be a dying to self. 
a dying to whatever it was that you were holding on to in that season. And I think we all come to that place again and again and again and again. It's not just a one time. For it's sure. not just a one time place. We come to that place because we pick up our way along the way. And in that, at some point, like you said, we sort of deplete the the roots or you know whatever's stored up from maybe a season of spiritual thriving we deplete it and we come to a place where the lord says like yeah choose ye this day like choose ye this day and a death will come either on either side you're either going to have to give up your way of doing things and die to that or you're going to have to experience a sort of a spiritual death, not a sort of an actual spiritual death because a separation from Mm. the flourishing of what God has for us comes. And, you know, when we, when I first thought about this idea and we were thinking about moving the plant, I was thinking of it almost from an external place, but I actually think this, when it, the analogy plays out in our own lives, it's not an external thing. It's actually an internal thing. It's actually a heart. It's something that's happening in our heart. Now, our external environment can change. Like even in your story, your your external environment also changed. You moved from, you know, one job to a different job. Like it, if this ch- this transformation that was happening in your heart mm-hmm. actually did result in an external environment change on the outside. But the bigger work is what's happening on the inside. And I think sometimes we actually get caught up in the external on the outside mm. thinking, oh, all I need to do is change my environment and so then I'm going to thrive. But if we actually don't address what's happening in the environment of our heart space, then we actually, we, we, I don't think we can actually get to the flourishing and to the thriving. And, um, and I think inside of all of us too, like we do have a root system that's in there and whatever's in the roots is going to sustain us for a time. Some of us have more than others in that root system. And so like you, like your plant, you know, even though it was in the wrong environment, it still was okay, but you and I are not plant experts at all. So I wonder what was actually happening on the inside of that plant, the part that we can't see? Mm-hmm. What was happening to the root system? What was happening in the soil? What was happening that was literally sucking the life and the flourishing from that plant? That plant needed the sun, needed the light, needed all of that was happening in order for it to flourish. What was happening underneath, underneath the surface? And I think even in that way, you and I, like humans, we can look like we're flourishing for a long time and we can do that really well and we can put up this like great great image of thriving and flourishing and we can put a big smile on our face and look like we're the most successful doing so so great and nobody would ever actually really know what's happening in the root system just like when you were Mm -hmm. looking at your Mm plants your plant looked fine on the outside and you didn't notice for a long time that this was not the best environment for it. It took a long time for that to show up on the outside. And I think that's the way it is with us too. Mm. I do think depending on that root system, it can take a long time for it to start to show up on the outside, but eventually it does. Eventually it does. And like for you, you had a tipping point, something, a crisis came and that was like, I, I can't like, I can't hold up the weight of all of this anymore. And you had to, you had to come to that death on either side of it. So there's a lot to pull from, from this idea. Really, really profound, really profound. And how about for you, Laura? Like, has there been a situation when you think about 
this whole analogy of in your own life that it's played out. Yeah. I mean, I think it plays out again and again and again in all of our lives, like, like over and over again, Mm -hmm. where, you know, whether it is we pick up belief systems or attitudes or yokes Mm -hmm. that we're not meant to carry. And, you know, we just sort of try to push through. We try to we just try just so much effort, so much striving, trying to Mm. thrive, trying to do well. So yeah, I've definitely had lots of seasons like that. I can remember one really pivotal season, um, you know, a number of years ago, quite a number of years ago before Jason and I became lead pastors of life center, you know, we were, I would have called it a thriving season in ministry. Um, you know, at least externally it looked like it, but I sort of came to this again, this, this road, this, this place, this fork in the road where the Lord is saying, choose, choose you this day who you will serve. Are you going to serve me and my purposes or are you going to do it your way and you're going to serve your purposes? And, you know, at that time we were having a lot of fun in ministry. And I remember, um, you know, leading with all of our best friends were on staff and we were leading side by side. And it was like, it was a blast. It was just for a young person. Like this was a dream come true. It couldn't have gotten any better. But I remember, you know, and it was, I didn't know at the time, but it was probably part of the Lord's preparation for what we were to walk into. Um, The Lord just confronting me with where I had placed, like I had actually put my friendships um, as an idol. I'd actually put them as an idol. They were my go-to. They were the most important relationships in my life. I'd placed them even over my reliance on the Lord. And, um, I just remember coming to this fork in the road where I felt like the Lord made me choose, not choose him over my friends, but I had to give him lordship. I had to give him lordship over all of it and then trust him in my friendships rather than holding so tightly onto my friends and holding the call secondary, holding what God was asking me to do secondary. And it was like, it was really like a conference. I felt the Lord brought me to this place of like, choose you need to choose. And I wrestled it. Like I wrestled it out for a number of years. It didn't just come like at one moment. It was a number of years of sort of like releasing and letting go and trusting the Lord, even in the area of friendship. And so, um, yeah. So over that time, over that couple of years, Jason and I end up becoming lead pastors. And now all of a sudden we're sort of over (laughs) our friends, like where we were working side by side had absolutely no responsibility of what our friends did in work or ministry, which made it so, so light and easy. And now all of a sudden we're responsible for the team, for the whole, and our friends, these best friends now are like, we're leading them. It was a major, major shift and major change. And I just remember having to go on this journey with the Lord to figure all of that out and to really trust the Lord and where I felt like the Lord really said, who are you going to choose? Mm. Like, who are you going to choose? Are you going to choose your friends? Or are you going to choose me? And I, I just had to, I, I just had to come to that place. And I, I remember the surrender moment. I remember the death moment of saying, okay, God, I'll do it your way. I will do it your way. And it actually did come with a couple of years of loneliness, mm. just in trying to figure out how do you do this? How do you move from working alongside and just being besties about everything to now having to be responsible for what is happening and bring leadership and learn and grow and stretch and mm. kind of sort all that out. And it was really, it was painful and I definitely didn't do it perfectly in any way, but it was one of those seasons of trusting that a different type of flourishing needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And it actually couldn't, if I wouldn't have chosen the Lord and chosen the call and chosen what, you know, the path that he had set before us. And so 
So I'm so thankful um, for the journey, even though it was really, really difficult and really, really painful. But that that was a bit a bit of that, you know, that position was changing that like I had to move from being on the counter to being put by the sun again in order to flourish. But yeah, it meant like actually for me, it was almost like I was on the counter with all my plant friends. You know what I mean? And I had to be taken away from them and now placed on, you know, the windowsill alone. And that's how, how it felt for a few years. And, but flourishing did come and, um, and I, we were able to navigate it and we, you know, we, we worked through it and learned a lot in it, but I can see now how necessary that was mm. for what the Lord had for us to walk. I would have never been able to walk it had I not gone on that journey. So I don't know if that makes sense oh, in that so context. so significant. Even you talking about, you know, just another analogy too, like that's. I know the wisdom of God, eh? like when we die and we submit, it's God sees where he, he knows where he's bringing us. So yeah. if we're willing to let go and be like, okay, this is so hard. Yeah. But if I let go, I can trust that you are doing something that I can't see. Yeah. Like you never would have known this, but God no. did. And so that's, I love these stories. We look back and I think that's why in your, as you grow older, I think the joy is the history with the Lord. The more and more, and it, uh, you see what God's done. And I think a greater humility comes over your life to realize, wow, I thought I knew it back then. I thought I knew what I was doing, but actually I didn't. And I don't even know, like even more so now I'm recognized even more so now. So Lord, where you're bringing me now, may I just hold this season with such light hands, and allow you to continually do that work, that constant dying to live in new ways. Another way I was thinking about this, you know, as much as we can move our plants around, once again, we are disclaimer we are not plant experts like i'm even, I even like know the name of any of my no, plants i know <laughs> i'm almost like i don't even know what i'm talking about here with plants i'm such a baby plant uh um, carer whatever the word is nurturer but you know even when you think about the plant so i have this plant now flourishing in the sun it's getting too big i'm gonna have to repot it at some point like it's gonna outgrow this pot okay i've never repotted or done anything like that but my plants that's the thing when i buy them in the store they're so cute, but now they're all growing really big. And I'm like, oh, wow, like it's going to outgrow this pot. And if it doesn't, it's going to stunt its growth. Like, I don't know if it'll die or it just won't grow or grow really slow. The roots, it won't have anywhere to go. So interesting enough, like I was thinking about, there's a couple of plants I have now to have to repot. Like I'm probably going to have to repot them and I'm going to have to get help with that. I've never done it. But I'm thinking, is that not in our own life? Like, you know, you kind of get to a place where you're flourishing and then you get repotted. Yeah. Or you need to be repotted you, because yeah. you get comfortable. Yeah. You get comfortable and you yeah. get, you kind of hit your capacity. You hit the end. You hit where, like, you know, you can't go any farther. Like, this is it. Unless you repot, unless you multiply, unless you, oh, but repotting. Oh, man. So now I'm picturing, okay, this like pot that's sort of taking up all the space and yeah. like is, almost overpowering the pot itself. So it's so beautiful and large and yeah. thriving. And now I picturing like this plant being put in a big pot and now it looks small. Like, can you see it? It looks yes. awkward. Yeah. The pot's big and the plant is small in it. Yeah. Oh. But isn't that in our own lives? Like when I look back, I think, yes, I've been moved and God's done that. Absolutely. I've also been repotted so many times and it's hard to be repotted. Like sometimes people look at your life or even in leadership think, oh, it must get easier. The more you do it, I'm like, 
oh no because you know what i'm just constantly getting repotted i just get comfortable and the lord's like no we're gonna repot you again but and everyone's got a different journey in that but repotting is really hard too because you it's actually really comfortable and we all crave comfort let's be truthful nobody really likes to move out of their comfort zone but growth doesn't happen inside your comfort zone it happens outside your comfort zone you can you can't grow in your comfort zone like uh, you get to a point it just stagnates it's done you have to move on and grow in something different and oh my when i think about the first time i was when i was asked to preach not just for like a mother's day service but actually preach oh like honestly that to me was a repotting like i've done worship my whole life i've never seen myself preaching and the first time i had to preach i was like not only was i repotted I probably was pruned right back. I probably looked like this little stick, like so lean, shaky, like little wind. Like I was probably shaking and like crazy. I was. But I just think about even that, like even in what we do, there's things we have to stretch and God opens doors. So you think I'm not ready for that or I'm not good. For, I'm not. That's not my expertise. That's repotting. It's an opportunity to be repotted. Those are those are harder things too, being repotted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, it definitely affects your pride. It's good for your pride. Yeah. It's yeah, good for, for your sure. pride because it takes you out of like where you, l- I mean, again, we're talking the plant analogy, but you look good. You yeah. look good in what you're doing, yeah. right? Like you've got it. You're comfortable. Yeah. You're like owning it, leading it, running, you know, and then you're kind of put into this where you look a bit awkward. You're like right outside of, you know, what comes natural or your comfort zone. And yeah, and, but it is a stretching time and you know, it's a stretching time. So you, you push through, I mean, you and I, you and I have, have coined and embraced, like embrace the sucky start, (laughs) right? Like even when we started the podcast, we're like, okay, I don't know it. if it's going to be good or yeah. if we're even going to have anything to talk about. And we're like, okay, well, let's just embrace the sucky start and like get started. But that's what it's like when you get replanted or repotted and you're, you're this tiny plant in this big old pot and you're like, okay, Lord, like grow me again, mm-hmm. like grow me again and stretch me again. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like part of my whole journey with the Lord has been that over and over and over. And yeah, as soon as I get to a place where I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I've so got this. Then I feel like the Lord says, okay, how about this? And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep running really? in this lane. I know. Okay, okay. Oh. But I kind of love the thrill of that too. Like, I don't mind. I don't, yeah. I, I don't overly mind the embracing the sucky start because I don't feel like, even just for me, just in my, my life and leadership, like I don't need to know everything and I don't need to have it all figured out in order to try or step out or just attempt. So yeah, but many times I've stood up even like whether it's to preach or, and I've been like, oh my gosh, like I'm so bad. (laughs) It's not good at all. And you have people that come up to you after and they're like, wow, you did so good. And you know, like it's like the pity, you know what I mean? It's like the pity you did good. Like, wow, good for you. Good try. Like, and you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) You're like, I just want to go home right now. Just go home. Oh my. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You just realize, but you have to, you have to push through that if you're going to, if you're going to grow in a gifting or if you're going to develop. Yeah. Because if you never actually do it, you're not going to be able to to develop in it. And so, yeah. Oh, I feel that. I, I so know. Because it really is a pride thing. Because if you think about a plant being full in a pot, when you move it, it's still the same size. 
but you feel much smaller and you feel so insecure and you're not filling out like the, the space that you did. And you really have to give yourself patience. And that's, I think, the hardest thing for me. Yeah. I have zero patience with myself sometimes in growth. I, I can for others. I don't know if my kids would say I'm as patient. It's not my strongest attribute. The Lord constantly has to remind me of patience and he's patient with me. Mm. I have to be patient, but growth takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of patience. And I think that's something that when we are repotted, it's really hard sometimes to be patient with the growth in yourself. And even the more the more you kind of are moved, you're like, oh, I got to do this again. And you've got to let that process happen the same way. And, you know, when I think about ministry, you know, someone was asking me once, what's like the one of the great advices, like not naturally spiritually, like we have a lot of stuff with God. But if you were just to say like a practical, what would it be? I'm not overly spiritualizing. What would it be? And I just said, get used to being uncomfortable. Like being uncomfortable is your is your comfort zone. That's what it is in ministry, especially in the type of ministry we're a part of where it's campus planting, it's moving, it's a multi, like when I think of even in the past four years, how many things have changed in jobs and taking, you just hold everything lightly. You're constantly moving. What's needed, growing, you get used to being uncomfortable and the pot will always be bigger than you because actually in ministry, that's what's meant to be because it's not, if you, your pot actually, if you are constantly filled out your pot, I don't know, like it, it is a healthy thing. Like you're always needing God yeah, and you're always needing other people too yeah. to come alongside. It's not a one man show, yeah. but I feel like even thinking about our staff, thinking about myself, that's kind of the picture is like a big pot and a little plant. Yeah. That's kind of what ministry yeah. is. Yeah. And we need God desperately, but that's, it's always meant to be the vision a bit bigger than you. You know, the, because that's God. That's our reliance. Our that's reliance our has reliance. To be on him. Yeah. You know, he'll do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Yeah, it's easy to say those scriptures, but actually what it looks like practically is you're a little plant in a big pot. <laughs> it's always exactly. a bit bigger. The vision is always a bit bigger. It's always more than what you think you can attain. Not by crazy, but by that much more out of your reach because there's reliance on God and reliance on the body of Christ to do it together. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how yeah. it works. Yeah. It's so neat too if you think about how you replant because um you know when you pull when you pull a plant or a flower even if you're planting flowers in your backyard or whatever and you pull it out you know often the dirt around it will fall away and mm-hmm. then the roots are exposed and even as you pull it out wow. of the as you pull it out of the pots even sometimes some of the roots break off right like as you're pulling you try to do it as gentle as you can but some of the roots will break off and it gets all exposed and you know i wonder if I mean, I know if I think about my life, the the greatest growth happens through trials and through difficulties and mm. through painful things that have happened, not through successes, not through just like all of the ways that have just worked and I've mm-hmm. soared and I flourished. The flourishing actually happens through perseverance and trials mm-hmm. and difficulties and things coming against you that you have to push through and mm-hmm. you have to lean in and you have to like do the heart work. And it's almost like when you pick that plant up and all the roots are exposed, it's very vulnerable in that in that state. And I'm sure like if plants have feelings, I don't know if they do, really plant people probably think they do because they talk to their plants and like they're alive. But I don't know if it hurts it or if it's like, you know, I'm sure it feels very warm and secure when it's all packed in the dirt and it's held. 
like each of the root is held by the dirt. It's held so tightly. So again, to be lifted up out of that and to be sort of exposed and vulnerable and even some of the roots pulled away, like it can be painful. It can even be damaging Mm -hmm. to the plant, right? For Mm -hmm. a time until that root system builds back in again in the new pot. So all of those things are happening in the plant, but I think all of those things happen to us in life too, Mm -hmm. through all the different seasons that we go through. And, and there's like, there is this patience, like you said, um, to wait mm. through those seasons, not to give up mm. in those seasons, mm-hmm. not to like throw the towel in in those seasons to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so vulnerable. I've just been exposed. I've just been, I've just had roots torn away from me. I'm damaged. You know, this person has hurt me. This person is you know, whatever, like these, these Mm. circumstances are pressing in against me and it's damaging me and it's hurting me and I'm out. Like, I'm going to, I'm just going to walk away. I'm just, this is too much. I can't take this. I'm sure the plant goes through some shock as it's moved into the new pot, right? And so I just, I feel like that is exactly what it's like for you and I, because we go through those seasons again and again and again. Sometimes it is circumstantial, something's happening. Sometimes we're being literally spiritually stretched into something we just, oh my goodness, we just can't even imagine, but we are and, or, or we're betrayed or we have, like there's, I mean, life is full of, major trials and major hurts you know we get a diagnosis unexpected and we have to like we just can't even imagine walking through this but we get to the place again that fork in the road where it's like okay what are you going to choose Mm -hmm. like are you going to walk like in the death of that pain or are you going to die to that Mm -hmm. and let me flourish you in this tiny pot that's damaged roots and all of it I can't like God the way that he's designed the plant is to thrive, is to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And he's designed us that way too. Like he's designed us to come back. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us everything we need to be able to come back from that. So yeah, I just, as I think that through and as you know, we just talk about this and anyone that's listening, like, you know, if you find yourself in a situation, circumstance like that where, yeah, like there's damage and you just, you feel like, oh, this is, a hard, hard season. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, I just encourage you, you were, de- God designed you mm. to actually heal through this. He designed your physical body to heal when it's broken. He's designed your spirit mm. to heal, to come through these, these damaging, broken seasons. He's designed it that way. And you can have flourishing again, but yeah, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to wait. You have to be patient. There's a rebuilding. All of that needs to happen. But yeah, it's pretty powerful. It's so powerful. I know we could talk on and on about plants. eh? It's quite something. Yeah. When you think of the power of the analogy of just what happens with a plant, wrong spot, even we haven't even talked about pruning. We haven't even talked about when you cut a clipping off. And a little clipping can grow in a little bit of water on your windowsill. Oh my gosh. And you can multiply. That's like, amazing. Like there's I, so I many grew things. tomato plants last year and there's something called the sucker. Yeah. And the sucker grows like if, if two um, plants are sort of like a fork uh, and then a sucker grows in the middle of the fork. Yeah. Um, and it's just a little shoot, an offshoot. And actually, if you don't trim the suckers, 
the suckers actually will suck nutrients from like suck water from the root system and actually dry the plant out. So you have to clip the suckers. But actually, if you put the suckers in water, they'll grow roots and grow a whole new plant. So I just tried it just for fun. I just wanted to see how this works. So I took a bunch of suckers off put them into water. They grew root system. I planted them and they grew into a full fruit bearing tomato plant. So this thing that actually is going to take from, it's actually called a sucker. It's going to, it's going to withdraw nutrients from the plant itself. If you take it and put it in its own, like, (laughs) I'm like, what? This is, and this is just how God designed it. Like this oh, is so I know. incredible. I know when you look it at it, it will thrive and it will produce fruit. But when it's attached, it's going to take from, wow. it needs its own. And that's kind of like our gifts, right? We all have totally. spiritual gifts. But if we like hang on to someone else's, if we're trying to even live vicariously through, or we've got to thrive in the fullness of who God's created us to be. Like, it's just really interesting. I know. Like think of just all those things to unpack. Like, that's amazing. Like, I actually, it struck me when we were in Israel. It's still to this day when you read the Bible and you're like, oh, those are parables. And you're just like, yeah, taken with them a deep, rich revelation in them. But when you're in Israel, you look around, you're like, oh, Jesus was pulling so many of the parables from what he was seeing culturally, what was in their landscape. Like he, when he was talking about trees, like he was looking at trees. We were talking about city on a hill. He was looking at a city. We saw it in Tiberia. It's amazing. Like, but you think about how he used illustrations to be like, oh, okay, I understand that. He talks about being a tree, being roots going down deep. It's like, I want you to understand. I'm going to take such a heavenly divine concept that is so far above you. But I'm going to break it down into the smallest, smallest ways to help you just capture a little bit just a little bit of what I'm doing in my kingdom. And so all of this has to do with the kingdom of God, all of this. And we're meant to bear fruit in the kingdom of God. We're meant to abide in him without him. We can do nothing. You know, talks about being a tree, like a vine, like Like he's a vine. We're the branch. Like, you know, that's it. Like, yeah, he's a vine with the branches. That's right. right. (laughs) Yeah. For a second. No, exactly. Exactly. Like that connected, that connected. Whereas he's saying like, literally just look at nature. That's exactly Like there's lessons I'm showing you about myself and my kingdom in what you're seeing. So even in our plant analogy, this is pretty powerful when you look around and you think God's at work. This is the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. is like exactly like this. The pruning, Mm -hmm. the replanting, the flourishing, Mm -hmm. the sun, the soil. You think of all of that, the tilling up of ground for new. It's incredible when you just break that all apart and think like God's doing that in our internal lives it's not about the outside but the internal yeah so yeah yeah, powerful so so good i know i keep thinking about the like the design like that god designed Mm. it that way like he created it that way he created both like creation itself the trees and the plants and the way that they work and the need of water and the sun and all how they all work together but he designed us that way too like it's our design and I just feel like someone just needs to be reminded of that today. Like you were designed to flourish hmm. and you were designed to make it, to actually, to overcome in trial, to overcome even when you're maybe not by the window when you need to be, or maybe when you're in the wrong seat or when you're in the wrong environment, 
your design is for flourishing. And so, yeah, just don't settle for anything less than that. Don't believe the lies of the enemy that would say, Mm -hmm. you can't do this. You're not cut out for this. You're not made for this. Like you don't have what it takes. Like it's not that there just could be some things that are going on that, yeah, you need to let go of, or you need to die to so that you can flourish or that you need pruned. There's all of those analogies, but you were created to flourish. You were created to flourish. So never forget that. Never forget that. That is so powerful. I love that. That's like a little tale on your creative flourish. Yeah. That's your creation. That's what God's intent is for you. Yeah. And that my prayer for you too is in Ephesians 3 and it's verses 16. It says, and I pray that from his, meaning God's glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. Everything that created to flourish has to come from a deep root system of the love of God. Everything comes from a deep love, from the love that God has for us and the love that God wants to birth in us for others. Everything comes from that root system of love. And so that's our prayer, that you would know that you're designed to flourish and that it would be from a flourishing, not from striving, not from feeling like from an identity outside of fully being loved and accepted by God from a deep place of God's love for you. So may you abide in God's love. Yeah, it's so beautiful. First Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted Apollos waters, but God caused the growth and God always is the Mm. one that causes the growth. Mm -hmm. Yes, the environment matters. Yes, we need to water. Yes, we need to plant. Yes, we need to do our part too. And we need to do it for one another as part of the body of Christ. But it is always God who causes the growth every single time. If we grow, if we're flourishing, it's because of what God has done mm. for us already. Mm-hmm. And he's designed us for it. And he, I feel like he's almost like he's like made this path for us to walk in it. You know, like he's opened the gate mm. so that we can just walk in the pathway of flourishing. But we do have to choose it. And it does mm. mean dying to some other things in order to walk in it. And so, but we have to remember it all comes from him, you know, mm-hmm. and that's part, honestly, of our position. And so as we end today, I want you to remember to hold your position, hold your position in Christ, in what he has already done for you, in the pathway that he's already set before you for you to walk in flourishing, hold your position. And you can follow your king because you can know that he is trustworthy and he wants to make his home in your heart. And he is a king that wants to lead you and to guide you, that you can know that he is trustworthy, that his love abides within you. So may it keep you strong and may you be rooted and established in him. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.